Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before we get into week five of the 2023 SEC football season, just something real quick. I get asked all the time, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, friend, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on the platform you are currently listening to us and other platforms you're subscribed to. Number two, definitely subscribe to the pod on this platform and other platforms. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode and others with them. Number four, you can support our sponsors. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, at CousinBailey at gmail.com. That's C-U-Z-Z-I-N-B-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com about being a sponsor. So uh, last week was kind of another meat grinder for us, uh, except for our current leader. All bourbon boys are still under 500, except for our current leader. Uh, That would be Gus last year's champ, who was fully recovered from her bout with a random cold virus, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure what it was. I, I think it has a name, but I'm not sure. But now he is in sole possession of first place. Uh, just real quick, uh, in week four, Gus, our current champ, who is 18 and 17, went five and four. Cousin Bailey is tied for second place with Dr. Riffick at 13 and 22. I, Cousin Bailey, went two of two and seven. Dr. Riffick went three and six. Malikar still still in the cellar at twelve and twenty three, went four and five. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a lot of fun. There were, I mean, I, I could tell from the morning that that shit was going to get bad real quick. Um, but uh, Gus, as you are now our our reigning host, why don't you uh, take it away? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Feel much better from last week. Uh, the one hundred and two point three fever finally broke. It was actually when we recorded was the worst like 12 hours of it. It was the beginning of the worst 12 hours, uh, but it still, it wasn't more than, you know, basically a bad cold. So got over it. I'm uh, back drinking. We'll get into that in a minute, but yeah, yeah. happy to be staying on top. not just back on top, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you any of the games I picked last week. That's just, I don't know. It just worked out. Oh, there we go. All right. Hey, my lone wolf hit. A couple lone wolves hit last week. One, two, three, four, five. And two of those were all about me on that one. So back to this week, Mr. Producer. Well, I guess because I already ran through everything, so it's not a big deal if I see this week's lines or not. But no, back back uh, to being healthy. And I got a little treat, which I will discuss in a minute. But cuz, what you drinking, man? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm uh so I went over to Rolling Oats in St. Pete and I picked up a random four pack. I mean I chose it, but that's what I have. And so I I got this from Crooked Thumb Brewery. It's called Harbor Haze. It's a hazy IPA if you can believe it. It's very tasty. Do y'all like Crooked Thumb? Uh I think I've had 
their regular IPA. It's pretty good. Where, where is it based? Winter Haven? Safety Winter Harbor. Park? Oh, Safety Harbor. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've never had it. Yeah. This Please. is this is good. This 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 not there's nothing exceptional about it. Nothing terrible about it. So yay. All right. I guess the opposite of the opposite of loving this, I guess is just I'm kinda indifferent about it. Well, all right. Malt, what you drinking, bud? Uh just some random remnants from the tailgate Monday night, a Pacifico. All right. So nothing too exciting. Nothing exciting. Miss producer, what you got? Uh, as soon as I saw the name, I just had to get it. I didn't care what style of beer it was. It turned out to be a Marzan, so mm. not, not the end of the world, but it's called Goonfest. And we all know the brewery. Dragoon. Dragoon. I like Marzans. Those are good. Yeah, it's uh, it is the season, right? Or yep. about to be the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Why not? So... For the first time since I'm back from, it's not jolly old Scotland, that's England, but uh, I cracked a bottle of uh, scotch that I bought over there, Glendeveron 16. I didn't try this while I was over there. I've never had it before. I've heard of it, but never had it. It's from uh, Perth, Scotland, which they still consider the Highlands, but it's Perth is more like Glasgow area, I believe. Um, So I'll actually take a sip now and let you know. Oh my gosh! How exciting! It's sixteen. I'm not a big like. I kind of like the the younger scotches, but well, mm. except Highland Park eighteen. Oh my goodness! And McAllen eighteen is good too. Mm. But here we go. Yeah, it's good. I oh, like thank it. God. I like it. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I'll be drinking that for the night. Um, as as the bottle says, this subtle expression with a golden amber color. Has notes of fine toasted cereals and apple, making it a full fruity malt with a smooth and mellow finish. Is all that true? It's definitely a smooth finish. Um, I didn't catch, ah, you know what? I guess I did catch a hint of apple there. So, but yeah, good. Glendever on 16, recommend it. Go to your local liquor store, they'll probably have it. Not sure. I know I've seen it in the States before. So, is but is yeah. Perth is Perth Scotland what Perth Australia is named after? Probably. I'm assuming it is. Yeah. They don't I'm even assuming. they couldn't even call it New Perth. No. It's the Aussies, man. It's the Aussies. I actually met a bartender over there who was Aussie. I asked him why he came to Scotland and he said that Australia was just absolutely awful during COVID. Yeah, so you, you really couldn't leave your house, and I was like, "Well, worse than New Zealand." He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "In New yeah. Zealand, you could go out. It, they just weren't letting any let, letting anyone in on the islands, but in Australia, like, you couldn't do shit." So he's like, "Fuck this!" So he got a visa and is now a bartender in in. Uh, that was a big Edinburgh. deal there. They were they had a really big um, protest there in Australia. Is it, e- is it easier bad. to? Uh... I imagine it would be to get a visa if you're coming from a Commonwealth nation or does it matter? Yeah. yeah. So I looked into the visas uh, for no particular reason. And it, it's almost like you either have to be sponsored by your work. You have to be like, there's like a, I can't remember what it's called. A highly trained individual. Okay. Which means like 
essentially from the States, you have to graduate from either Ivy League or Stanford or Georgia Tech, like one of our top universities. Jesus. And then there's a couple other weird visas that they have. But I think the Commonwealth can get their own type of visa over there. So ah. yeah, it's easier. It's easier for them. So cool. Yep. Oh, there's some African nations that can go over there that are not part of it. So they like to bring them over to diversify. Hell yeah. Well the, the yeah, the ones they were friends with. I watched the crown. Yeah, yeah. I mean still friends with sorry. That were like pleasant to them. So this is a, it looks like this is a full SEC slate. It's all in-conference games, which is awesome. And no buys. No buys. No FCS schools. No lower rung schools. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting week looking at it. I think most of these games will probably be lopsided. But you never know because it's in-conference. So, I think with that, I think we can get into the slate because you're first with the noon games. Oh, yeah. So the first noon game is uh, your University of Florida, 22 ranked. We moved up in the poll somehow. University of Florida Gators at Kentucky. And I'm pretty sure uh, Kentucky, according to this, is a three-point favorite um, with the over-under being 46 and a half. Um so last week, Florida played Charlotte, hosted Charlotte, and we sure moved the ball pretty well uh, for a decent part of the game, but we mackle-waned it when we got to the red zone. Again, um, it was a dreadful win. So, you know, it's still a W, but it was awful. Um, there was It was one highlight that they keep showing, and that should prove, that should show anybody who didn't watch the game knowing that it was, uh, that if there's one highlight, then that's all you got. Um, Kentucky beat Vanderbilt holding off like a, uh, a late comeback. Um, so, you know, you really can't learn anything from that. Uh, Vanderbilt, I think, has lost a couple in a row, to, you know, and they've been pseudo close. So I don't know what's going on with Kentucky. Um, regarding Florida, we haven't thrown the ball very well downfield. Um, and I got – and running – our running backs are our strength, but for some reason we can't – we can only run against them against Tennessee in the first half. Um Cause let just, down, to, yeah. just to give you a little update, the line has actually dropped a little bit. We can determine how we want to play it, but it's actually a one and a half now. I, I wouldn't mind playing it there. It's not going to really affect what I do, though. But are you sure? Are you, guys, you guys okay with that? Yeah. Okay. It's minus one and a half, uh, Kentucky. So I guess for those who are, of course, listening – uh, the line has that the live we have live updates on our line. Um, it, so now Kentucky is only favored one and a half. Um, look, after we beat Tennessee, a letdown was always on the table. But like, I don't know if this is the, I don't think this is the kind of team that can just turn it on and turn it off whenever they want. Um, the game last week never really seemed in doubt, but it was just like gross and uncomfortable. Um Frankly, Kentucky hasn't played anyone, so I have no idea what a good defense is going to do to them uh, if it can keep them in check. Um, aside from, like I said, that one half against Tennessee, I haven't seen enough to convince me that we can even win a close game. I had to remember what happened last year, and at home, we were leading them 16 to 13 at half, but then we we they had a, they got a pick six and a field goal, and they beat us. And uh, 
that was a really uh, hard, hard situation to watch. I just don't, I haven't seen enough from our offense. And now that we're not even playing Charlotte, we're playing Kentucky on the road and they've had our number, you know, here and there the past couple of years, I'm still going to go with Kentucky uh, regardless of what Vegas is or the betters are doing. So, um, you know, I just, I think Kentucky is going to probably win this game by a, like maybe one, maybe a touchdown. So, so um, I'm honestly surprised you picked Kentucky. Uh, this line seems about right. I feel like these teams are pretty even. Um, oh yeah, I, I should mention last week I started out four and one, was feeling great. I had two lone wolves banked, and then just proceeded to miss the next four or the last four games of the evening. Um, but you know, like like Cuz said, Kentucky hasn't really played anyone, but they've looked pretty solid. Um, they've obviously beaten us two times in a row. Um, you know, I, I think from our perspective, we want to try to run the game, run the ball, obviously everything you said about our passing game is, is, is correct. I kind of feel like, uh, I think I texted to somebody else that watching our pat, our offense is like watching really old people have sex. Um, there's just not a lot of flash or anything you really want to look at but i guess it gets the job done um incidentally uh really love the defense and i've started watching on youtube uh because i'm a huge football nerd this uh, gator nation football podcast um so yeah. he's done a really really good job of kind of highlighting like all most of the big plays and really just can and everything he shows is that our we're playing tremendous tr- team defense no one's trying to be a hero and um you know it's like night and day honestly it's been amazing i think we're top five overall in defense which sounded impossible if you'd asked me that after last year funny story so um i flipped over to the offensive side and he diagrammed the play where Pearsall made the catch and so my wife was on the couch and you know so he's like going over and over about the catch and at some point she looked up and was like, so he's showing Pearsall after the catch. And she's like, is he the quarterback? Mm. <laughs> and I just looked at her. I'm like, he caught the ball. He's been talking for five minutes about what a great catch it was. He's not the quarterback. So it's like, just you let me watch the games. You don't bother me. Just it's good. We have our agreement. Anyway, um, you know, she was probably going, Ooh, I hope he's the quarterback. Probably. She was like, if he's the quarterback, maybe I'll pay more attention. I think is what we were probably. That's what I, that's what I got from that. Cause her only be- other, her only other comment this year was I was flipping on the Notre Dame game actually when we were in Tahoe and she's like, Oh wow. Who is he talking about right. Notre Dame's quarterback? But anyway, see Mrs. Cousin re- Bailey. Oh, sorry. No, it almost reminds me of the Ferris Bueller scene where the principal goes into the bar and he's like, who's pl- what's the score? What's the score? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Like, nothing, nothing. Who's winning? The right. Bears. The Bears. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just don't, don't, don't try. Well, um, anyway, I, I just anyway. want to say real quick, Mrs. Cousin Bailey, like when she saw, first saw Josh Lowe, he's a uh, player for the Rays. She, it piqued her interest about the team. So, I mean, it's, that's, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, that's I why I feel like it was that was going in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't think uh, I don't think he was wearing his choker for this game like he was against Tennessee. So um, maybe that helped or hurt. Who knows? Anyway, uh, I digress. Um, like I said, this seems like a pretty even game. Uh, both these teams want to run the ball. Both these teams are, have been pretty good at stopping the ball or run, stopping the run, I should say. And um, I just, uh, I have a, more faith in Kentucky's passing game. And I feel like they have a more proven coach. So as much as I want to take the Gators, I think the smart money is on um, Kentucky laying one and a half. So that's what I'm going to do. So I have, I have a couple of questions. Is Trey Wilson back? Don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think they probably will play. Okay. Is the center back? I can't pronounce it. Pronounce his uh, Kingsley. Kingsley? I think so. He's back. Okay. So that's, that's some positives there for me. Um, Another question. Will Napier completely forget about ETN again? Probably not. He was probably holding him back. Okay. I was actually thinking the same thing during the game. You know, let, let Johnson run. Save save ETN for conference games, games that matter. So I I think with those guys back, those two back, it'll be a difference maker. You know, um, Malt, like I, I agree with you. I think these are pretty similar teams. I don't like Stoops. I never have. I think he kind of caught lightning in a bottle with Levis there for a bit. So I... I just I, I think the Gators are going to win. I think they're a better team. I think they're defensively, obviously, you already said it, Malt. They're a really good defensive team. This is going to be – it's probably going to be like 17 to 10 or, you know, 13 to 9 or something. Like, it's not going to be a explosive game at all, but I think the Gators come out on top. I just wish – I just wish Coach Napier would call in. I think he did. Hold on. We got him here. Um, first, I'm going to put him on hold for a little bit because that did remind me of Stoops did have something funny. I don't know if anyone saw where one of the reporters asked him um, if he felt like the noon start would hurt the vibe at the crown jewel of the SEC. And he actually said, um, I really think you underestimate the ability of our fans to get up really early and get really drunk. Nice. make a lot of noise so i feel like you know you, you owe the kentucky fan base an apology so i thought that was funny um that's great yeah so coach uh coach what how do you think feel about um you know the noon start in kentucky do you feel like that's going to give your team an advantage versus a night start well thank you for calling or, I mean, I called you, I forgot, but, um, you know, when you're talking about building a program, okay, right, you start at the bottom and you build, right, and you, you don't think about where you're playing. We could play at six in the morning. We could play at noon. We could play on earth we could play on mars but we can control what we do and that's why we all focus on what we can do and 
focusing on getting rid of the noise, okay, and then essentially building. It's building. It's a process, and we start. Like I said, we start at the bottom, and it's one brick at a time. Rome was not built in a week. It was not built in a football season. It's built over a lifetime. And so I respect Coach Stoops. I don't appreciate, well, I don't want to judge, but I don't like, we're not focusing on drinking. We're focusing on ball plays. And we're building the trust. And whether we win or lose, the trust will build, right? And I expect that I'm going to make some decisions that to you may seem not what you would make, but to me are what I have to make. All right. Well, thanks, Coach. Um, uh, Wolf. Gus. <laughs> Gus, uh, professor, producer, do you want to change your picks after that? <laughs> my my only question is uh, Trent Dilfer is not involved in this game at all, right? No, okay. no. So, <laughs> uh, uh, I'll take the Gators. House divided. All right. Wow. So now we move Man. into the next twelve o'clock game. Your Texas A and M Aggies are heading to Arkansas. Aggies are six and a half point favorites. This is a this is an interesting game, uh, you know the Aggies. They they played well last week, especially when Max Johnson came in. Uh, it was he was definitely a spark to that offense, hitting his brother for the touchdown. What an emotional moment! Oh my goodness! But they played well, and it's actually been surprising to me. I I wonder why Max Johnson hasn't been playing like. You know, I think he got benched last year. He got hurt last year. Was he hurt? Yeah. Well, that's what Jimbo said. Hmm. Okay. Because I feel like at some point I saw him dressed on the sidelines and not playing. But this year, you know, their quarterback got hurt. Or this past game, quarterback got hurt. He came in and their offense started clicking. So it'll be interesting to see who's at quarterback there. Shocking. Didn't research. But Wegman's out for the year. Yeah, oh, Wegman Johnson's here. Johnson's okay. the quarterback. Yeah. Johnson is the quarterback. I think that bodes well for them. It really does. And that's not just because Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl with the Bucs. Uh, but I I actually like Max Johnson. I think he's a pretty good college quarterback. Arkansas, on the other hand, they lost, but man, they put up one hell of a fight against LSU. Like that game, I don't I'm trying to recall because I know I watched it. Was it clock management that killed him in the end? Was it Pittman's clock management? I don't, I can't recall what it was, but they put up a hell of a fight against against LSU. And I think LSU is heads and tails better than AM. I think for that reason, I'm going to go with Arkansas here. I think they're going to pull off the upset. Like they're going to win outright. It won't just be like they'll lose by a field goal again. I think they're going to beat AM at home. So it's just going to be a, you know, KJ is going to have a good game. So give me Arky. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Arkansas, too. Um, what I think was the issue, and I didn't really watch that game too close. And I was By the time that game was winding down, I was pretty drunk. Um, but what I read was that 
there was some debate, I think, because LSU was driving down and it was like, let there was an argument that Arkansas should have just let them score. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then Pittman was talking about, well, we thought about letting them score, but honestly, at that time, we thought our best chance was to try to force a fumble or what have you. Um, but yeah, just, just because I think, you know, I feel like these are two pretty evenly matched teams, especially, you know, Arkansas at home. They've played A&M pretty well the last few years, if I recall. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I think pretty, pretty, this is actually a pretty interesting game. Um, but I'll just take the home underdogs just because I feel like the values with taking the points. Pretty sure this game is being played at a neutral site. I mean, it oh. is being, this is the Jerry's world game. I, they, is I that like know. a thing now? That's lame. I was yeah. going to ask if that made a difference to anybody. Yeah, they're the last, uh, aren't they big eight teams or whatever? Yeah. Yep. So I yeah, think they're they the old that. big eight. I think they, because Arkansas was the only non-Texas Big Eight, so I think that's why they play at a whatever. Yeah. Who holds Coach Arkansas in the Big Eight? Great, he was amazing. Ryan Day's a pussy. <laughs> Love it. We need a call in from Coach, Coach Holtz. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm actually, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think, I think, I, I think Max Max Johnson might provide a spark that you know maybe. I mean, why wasn't he starting if he was better? But I don't know. Maybe this is sometimes, you know, you need to change. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to. So A&M is favored by six and a half. Um, I think the concern I have is this, this game has tends to be close. And if it even goes to overtime, that six and a half is pretty much out the window. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Arkansas, but I think uh, A&M is, is going to win in a very close game. So A and M has won ten of the last eleven. Yeah, I've been <laughs> I, But there have been in those three overtime games. Uh, the last game A and M only won by two, so it's usually within two touchdowns. Yeah, and like four years ago, there was that girl wearing a shirt. Did you see that? It was like it looked like a men's dress shirt, but it was really a onesie kind of situation. Oh. it was the most bizarre thing. It was I've, I've got a. For research purposes, I took a screenshot of the TV, so I'll see if I can locate that. But um, it was a really weird. Was a she weird an Arkansas game. fan or Texas A&M? It's hard to say. Oh, not only do they have similar colors, but she was just wearing a white dress shirt onesie. Really weird stuff going on in Texas. I like it. What about the producer? Uh, I'm going to go Lone Wolf here. I'll take Texas A&M and Jerry's World. Yeah. All right. We got the dogs going to Auburn for the oldest rivalry in the South, which for which I learned has been moved to October because Auburn is a bunch of pansies and don't like playing Georgia and Alabama so close together. Um, so that's pretty weird and stupid. But um. You'd think they'd like to maybe extend some hope of having a decent season. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, this Auburn team, despite being three and one, I did see a lot of that game last week against um, A&M, right? And they look like complete shit. Yeah. Just complete shit. Their offense was awful. 
I mean, it made like, I mean, I said, you know, watching us is like watching old people have sex. This was like watching amputees. Um, three quarterbacks all played. None of them did anything. Um, I think Georgia is, I don't know if they, they're a little bit bored or, you know, maybe just a little bit, not quite what they've been. You know, they have lost a lot of talent. A lot of it was sort of wreaking havoc uh, against the Bucks on Monday night. But um, 14 and a half points always makes you a little bit nervous. Um, I reached out to my nephew who is a student at Auburn and I was like, got his thoughts. And I'm like, is there any way, way that Auburn can cover this? He's like, no, not with our offense. I was like three quarterback. I said, usually playing three quarterbacks is horrible unless you're winning by 60. And he's like, yeah, they all suck too. Um, so uh, I just, I don't see any way Auburn keeps us close, honestly. Um, so I'm going to take the dogs and lay the 14 and a half on the road. I'm the, I got the exact same thoughts about it. Like it's, it's, I can't figure out what's going on with Georgia but they definitely seem to have the ability to turn it on and shut people down. So um, given how terrible uh, um, Auburn played last week, I am very bullish on uh, Georgia right now. I hate them, but there you go. So Georgia didn't cover last week. It was 42. They were favored against a Trent Dilfer led UAB. So why would they cover against Auburn? I mean, if you can't cover against Trent Dilfer, how are you going to cover against Auburn? I'll tell you why, because Auburn looked like a fucking dumpster fire. They are terrible. They would be screaming for Trent Dilfer right now instead of Crooked Hugh. Like they had, that was, that was just, I I can't even, I don't know how to explain it. It was, I think I turned that game off because I had it on one of my dueling TVs. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. This is just bad football. It was bad football around. Yeah. I I think it was on when the FSU game was on, right? Yeah. 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 And like I talk about Max Johnson, and then I just realized, oh shit, he was playing Auburn. Like they looked really bad, really, really bad. There's not much to say about this. Georgia's gonna smash these fucking guys. It's gonna be at least by 21, if not more. So give me Ugga. You had me there, man. I was curious what was going on. Yeah, no. I said Auburn looks so bad. It looks so bad. Mr. Producer. Sweep it? Yeah, you don't have to be a math major here to uh, sweep this one. So, hello. Hey, hey, oh. Green room banter. If you're out there, math yes. major, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, we're about to uh, enter a not so SEC state, but that state is known for their barbecue. Now, I don't know if they're going to have any interest in what I'm about to say because. The people in Kansas City are crazy in that state. But uh, this portion of the Bourbon Boys it, picking the SEC is brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce that is pandemic sauce company.com enter code bourbon boys at checkout for a discount so uh 
actually use some pandemic sauce this Sunday uh, in a different way on something I hadn't had before. Uh, Well, I've had it before, but I hadn't had pandemic sauce on it. Um, I smoked a spatchcock chicken. Oh, yeah, it was it was wonderful. And had it with rice, chicken and rice. Put my own little special rub on the uh, spatchcock chicken. But I mixed it all with pandemic sauce. I used the, uh, was it, it's mango habanero? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, delicious. Aces. Absolutely delicious. Yes. Uh, highly recommend it. Goes very, very good with chicken. Absolutely. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout. So the four o'clock game uh, on ESPN Network is Missouri at Vanderbilt. And, um, Missouri is giving uh, 13 and a half points to the home underdog. Uh, so Tigers lit it up against Memphis last week. Uh, and uh, But they had to hang on late for a comeback. Uh, Vandy lost another game in which they played well against a an FBS team. Um, so anyways. They played well. well well, they 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 made a they kind of made a comeback late against Tennessee against uh, Kentucky last week. They made a better they made a better game of it, anyways. Um, I don't know. They looked like shit for three quarters, then they turned it around the fourth. Um, <clears throat> so Missouri's played uh, three games. They're three and zero, and they haven't gone four and zero since two thousand thirteen. So like in ten years, they're four and zero. They are four zero right now. Missouri. I thought, I thought they were three and zero. They're four zero. Okay. Well, South Dakota, then, MTSU, Kansas State, and State, Memphis. and then Memphis. Okay. They they're four zero. Great. I guess maybe there was five and zero was the thing. Doesn't matter. Uh, I have no problem with them extending their winning streak this year. Um, the the hook's kind of weird because, like I said, like Vanderbilt's kind of scored some points late. Well, they did last week against Kentucky. But um, I don't know. I just it th- doesn't matter if they're at home or away. And Missouri seems to be playing pretty decent ball right now, so it's a lot. It's a lot of points, but you know maybe Vandy will start Vandying um, this week. So I'm going to take uh, Missouri to God. This is a thirteen and a half is a big number, but I'm going to take Missouri. We'll see what happens. So the thing to look out for is. Um... Both Brady Cook and their stud wide receiver Luther Burden the third are right. supposedly questionable this week, at least according to Eli, the liar Drinkwitz. Um they both were I, I know Cook was supposedly questionable last week, um, but played. And I kind of feel like Drinkwitz is lying, um, as I said earlier. Um lying. So you know, I mean, if you're betting this game and you find out that they're not playing, then certainly I would think I'd be inclined to take Vanderbilt. But otherwise, I think this is, you know, a th- three touchdown victory otherwise. So I like Mizzou uh, with that caveat. I don't know what it is. Here we go. But no, I mean, I, I just I don't know what it is. I just have this suspicion Mizzou's going to it's going to be a letdown game for them. Not that they're gonna lose, but I think Vandy's gonna hang. It's at Vandy. Thirteen and a half. I mean, I could see Mizzou winning by twenty-one. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I just have this feeling. 
I'll put it to you like this. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet Vandy in my parlay here to cover, but I might bet him straight up. So I think I'm going to go with Vandy here. I don't have much else to say about it, but I mean, Vandy looks, they, they haven't looked great. They do have two wins, which is a big plus. So you get four to one on the money line. Yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, give me Vandy. Uh, Yeah, I can't anchor down with you. So I'll take Mizzou. All right. You'd like that spot. Like it. Like it a lot. Next game, 6 o'clock kickoff. What kind of fucking shit is that? Uh, LSU, the only ranked. Uh, well, where the, where the uh, competitors are ranked. LSU rolling in to Ole Miss. LSU's a two-and-a-half point favorite. Mm, okay. Sure. LSU had to hold on against a and or uh, not a and Oh my god, um, Arky, Arky last week, which was kind of like, okay, what the hell is going on? But Ole Miss looked so bad against Alabama; they looked bad. Alabama has no offense; they have zero offense. So Ole Miss has zero defense. Jaden Daniels is probably going to have a field day in this game. I know I talked up Lane Kiffin last week, and I typically do. But I don't think they have it this year. They may end up six and six, maybe five and seven. I don't know if they're going to be bowl eligible, to be quite honest. I mean, maybe with some of their cupcake games, but they're just they're they're not what they were in the past. I think I think LSU wins big, big here um, to to put a statement game on their resume, according to all the pollsters. This is a game that Brian Kelly would typically lose, as Mald has alluded to in the past big game Brian Kelly doesn't show up but I think in this game they are because Ole Miss is just not good yeah I I agree I think Ole Miss is overrated um the one thing that they might have going for them is you know Daniels can be a little bit inconsistent at times um but his he's way better than Jackson fart and uh you know I I think this is this is a game where I think the talent is is in Ole Miss or in LSU's favor. They have a running game as well. Ole Miss has no running game. I don't think Ole Miss has had a running game since like I don't I can't even remember. Deuce um, McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Since Deuce McAllister, that's it. Um. So well, I, they had I think uh, Ben Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to but say But yeah, that like at least know. since like the, the he was with Eli, right? Yeah. 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 So at least since Eli, they haven't had any kind of running game. So, or since Houston Nut, probably, right? Um so I, I, I really like LSU here. I think uh you know the, they should be fired up. Um and you know, they're coming into their own. They can run, they can throw. Um so it's just you're kind of if you think Ole Miss can cover, you're counting on like a Daniel stink bomb, which I think he got that out of his system against FSU and has played pretty well the last three weeks. So I look for him to keep that going. Yeah, I agree. Um, the I love this line because I feel like LSU has probably got this by like ten. Yeah. But, um, you know that it's funny because you know you 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 can 
in the past, and we'll get to them, you use like how you played against Alabama as kind of a barometer. But the first, you know, like Alabama struggling in the first half is kind of what they do now. So, or just in general on offense. I mean, we can talk about that later, but it doesn't mean anything that they kept it close and only lost by four, only lost by 14. They played terribly. Both teams played terribly. Ole Miss had their chances. And uh, anyways, yeah, I like Ellis. I, I think LSU is definitely going to win this game. How about Mr. Producer? Sweep it. Okay. All right. Heading into the not latest shift, but almost latest shift. We have the Cox going to Knoxville. Tennessee is a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, last week they uh, got right with a big win over uh, Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners. South Carolina held on to beat a much maligned Mississippi State team, especially by one of our loyal listeners who thinks they're coaching. I think he said that their coaching staff is worse than UAB's. But, um, I, I, you know, I, as I look at this game, I, I can see a scenario where South Carolina actually wins it. You know, Tennessee looked a, a little suspect and vulnerable against us. South Carolina played pretty well against Georgia last week. Um, but they gave up close to 500 yards to what was previously a pretty lackluster Mississippi State passing game. Um, I think Tennessee, if they can keep Milton sort of without having to move in the pocket, um, they should be able to put some points up on the board, get some yardage going through the air. So for that reason, um, and I think they have a pretty good pass rush too, which should get to Spencer Rattler. Um, I don't love this. I, some tells me Tennessee's going to take it, but honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if South Carolina won outright. Um, curious what the odds are. Uh, so three and a half to one. Actually, I don't hate that bet. Um, but despite that, actually, you know what? I'm switching. I'm taking South Carolina. I think they. I think they might win this game. I completely just contradicted everything everything I said, but I thought you were talking about South Carolina. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm going to take the Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I as well am taking the Cox. Um, this uh, it's just I, I I agree. Like this line, and 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 frankly, I'm not like I'm I. I think that if, if if I think South Carolina can win at all, I think 12 and a half is nuts. But, you know, obviously look look at me last week. So um, I just think that's the kind of game this can be. Uh, you know, Milton feels right at home at home, which is nice. You know, so that's the kind of something that was something that was giving me pause when I was thinking about this. But Rattler was like, like lights out last week. So, you know, if you can keep that going, they can definitely keep this close. Maybe and win. Yeah, this is a tough one. I kind of feel the same way you guys do about about South Carolina being able to win outright. And because I agree with you, if I think that way, then this line is massive. But I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's a man. This is this is a tough game. I looked at this game and I thought this was probably the hardest one on on this week's schedule to pick. Man. Because I, I could also see Tennessee winning by 
three touchdowns. Me too. That's like that's that was how I was going into it, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. Maybe maybe South Carolina South Carolina has lost some of their mojo from last year. They just don't seem to be the team that they were. Um, they were really tough last year. You know what? I'll give you guys a chance to get back in the standings game. I'll go ahead and I'll take the balls. Mr. Producer, what you got? I'm going with the cocks. The cock. A lot of cocks. Speaking of cocks. Oh. I really wish Jenny Dell was on the sideline for an SEC game this past weekend. Yep. What an embarrassment. We got why we why was she in fucking in or Happy Valley? So is CBS already I know we talked about this earlier, but they're so they have a three thirty game CBS, but are they covering are they carrying both conferences this year and, and switch the A team, which isn't really an A team, but Jenny Dell is to the Big Ten games? I don't know if they're doing it every time, but they've done it twice this year already in, in two weeks. So, Ugh, such, such I mean, they're story. probably trying to ease the transition, which makes sense, right? If they're going to be shifting to whatever, are they doing Big Ten next year? Yeah. So, you know, they want to introduce the Big Ten audience to the genius of Gary Danielson. I don't know. Well, he's a Big Ten quarterback. I mean, they should right. already know Gary. What? Right? It's the first yeah. time hearing of this. Uh. You know, he played for Peru. Purdue. Peru. Oh, I got right. Peru on the brain. That's yeah, some green room chatter <laughs> I there. He played for I thought he played for Minnesota. So never mind. <laughs> oh, God, aren't we crazy? Need some ceviche. Does man? Why don't you close this out, buddy? Well, this is one of these crazy, crazy SEC game, SEC West games I've always loved ever since I was a kid. This is um, Alabama traveling to Starkville, Mississippi to play Mississippi State. Alabama is a fourteen and a half point favorite, and this is the this is the uh, tied for the lowest line of any games, forty six and a half. Um, so Alabama, we kind of alluded to earlier uh, when we talked about Ole Miss. They sputtered last week, but uh, they did take a, they did take over the game late. But my question is, was it more to do with Ole Miss or more to do with Alabama uh, finding themselves? Because I mean, they beat them twenty four to ten, and the way Ole Miss has been playing, I I feel like, and the way Alabama we in the years past we've known, they they probably should have beaten them like. 35 10 or 42 to 10 or something like that. Um, they just didn't look convincing. Um, Mississippi State lost a tight one to the aforementioned Gamecocks. Uh, in, in that game, Rattler played out of his mind. He was like 20 of 20, or no, he was, he only had like a couple incompletions, like maybe three. Um, it just seems like a big number considering how, like, I mean, Alabama could barely do it against, uh, USF a couple weeks ago. I mean, there was some weather involved, but they looked bad. I just, in the past, Mississippi State has given Alabama fits. I mean, they've given team fits. It's a night game. I like the low scoring. Uh, I, I like the under, and I like Mississippi State to beat the spread. Not necessarily to win, but I think it's going to be a little closer. So, um, 
this one's tough for me because part of me feels like maybe Alabama has found they've certainly found their identity. They know who their quarterback's going to be. It's going to be heavy on the run. Um, and then, you know, sprinkle in some pass. He actually was 17 of 21 for uh, 200 plus yards. So not a terrible game. But they ran the ball 45 times for only 131 yards. So that's three yards of rush. Um, that's not that's not Alabama football, you know. Um, I think Ole Miss, I don't really honestly, I don't know how good Ole Miss's run defense is. But I did look up Mississippi State's run defense, and it's like 50th in the country. Um, I, I just feel like this is too high of a number. And things can yeah. get weird in Starkville on a late night. Um, so, you know, Alabama was good to me last week, but I, I just, I'm not sold yet. And uh, I mean, this is easily a game where Mississippi State just shits the bed in the first half and it's, you know, 24 to three or something like that at halftime or wondered what happened. But I, I, I'm just, I don't feel great about that big of a number with a freshman quarterback at night on the road. Uh, and a suspect offensive line. So I, 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 I'd be really surprised Mississippi State won, but 14 and a half is a lot of points, so I'll take them. Yeah, Will Rogers had a big game last week, 487 yards, but he only had one touchdown. That's uh, put up 487 yards and only have one touchdown. That's like a crazy stat line. Through 48 times, he's not going to be able to do that against Alabama, against the defense that they have. And I, I agree with our one of our loyal listeners. Like the, the coaching staff at Mississippi State, I think is a fucking joke. I just I don't know. I, I think Alabama wins and wins big here. I think they really put it on them. I just don't see Mississippi State doing much. They need to find a new coach. Will Rogers is a good quarterback, but obviously the system that he's in going from the what is it? It's not the running gun. What do they call air it? Raid. Air, the raid. air raid to a more pro style offense you know i i just i don't know like if i look at what's what was there i mean last week mississippi state rushed for minus four that's five they rushed for 32 yards against south carolina so you know Bama's going to stop their run no problem like it's not even an issue there and then when they can just throw all of their concentration on Will Rogers, I mean, they're going to shut him down too. Mississippi State might score three points in this game. And I think Alabama is worthy of, of 21. So I'm going to go Bama here. They're going to they're gonna fucking curb stomp these guys. That's my opinion. I don't care what Bama's offense is. That's what it's going to be. Especially if Mississippi State's defense is giving up 37 points to South Carolina. How about the producer? Well, I picked all the away teams, so why stop now? Did you? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, oh roll God. tide. Road dog. So, um, that wraps up the SEC slate. But did uh, so there were two other games that we were kind of hyper focused on, on our text groups. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the day, FSU and Clemson. Sorry, another close one for FSU. I almost said Boston College. But FSU was tested again, and yet again, they won. They're kind of 
I I said this to somebody the other day, like kind of, I don't know why I said it, but it's almost got, I've got that kind of team of destiny feel about FSU kind of the way we played in 06. Yeah. If you ever so look back on those 06 games, we didn't kill everybody. We actually struggled no. quite a bit, lost yeah. a game, blocked a field goal and beat Florida state like 21 to 14 or something. So, I mean, I'm just, it's kind of looking like that right now for them. It's funny. So like I go, believe it or not, the NCAA has a pretty good website where like I'll, I'll go and they have team rankings based on all sorts of statistics. And so normally I like just analyze like running offense, defense, but I accidentally went on the red zone offense. So they are third overall in the entire country in yeah. red zone scoring efficiency. Um, so part of you is like, well, maybe they're really good in the, the red zone and they do have, you know, uh, I forget the transfer receiver's name, but you know, great target there, but it sort of seems like maybe it's a little bit unsustainable that, you know, they're, they seem to always get this, the, like the timely turnover. Clemson was dominating that game. And then they turn it over and then Dabo's balls fought, fell off and went super conservative. Their quarterback was playing a hell of a game. And I felt like he took the ball out of his hands. And um, and then especially going down, it's like you set up, and this is all we said on our text thread, but you take the ball out of your hands of an offense that's basically moved up and down the field and set up a field goal for some guy you got off the street. Literally. Yeah, literally. It's just, and then, I mean, then what did he do at the end? Like, he didn't even try to get, like, a field goal. He's like, oh, we're going to go to overtime so we can give up a a fucking fade route immediately and then do a bunch of bullshit on offense. It's just, it was pathetic. That guy, the game has passed him by. He's done. Yeah, I agree. Clemson. FSU didn't win the game. Clemson lost the game. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, Florida State wasn't in the lead until overtime. Yeah. Like, that's it's 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 incredible to me. Like just how they lost that game and and Malt, you said it. Like Dabo's balls, where are they? Like just I mean, they were moving the ball against Florida State, no problem. And then they just started fucking calling draw plays all damn day it was it was pathetic it was pathetic coaching i think that that uh Dabo is almost can you call him gene chizik no because gene chizik he didn't necessarily have the well no he had the coordinators he had really good coordinators but he had cam newton as well but it's kind of the same thing like yeah i mean like what Dabo? uh what's his name's at oklahoma now yeah uh, uh venables. venables venables yep Yep. And then their main OC guy went down to USF. He flamed out, but yeah. Well, and then Tony Scott too. He went to Virginia Tech. Yeah. So he's lost all of his assistants. He doesn't have Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence. Although, I mean, as you said, Malt, like the quarterback looked really good. He looked really good. But I mean, you know, I I think I said this a couple years ago on the podcast that Dabo will be the heir apparent to Nick Saban. I don't think Alabama would fucking want him. No. 
you know, like I, I could see Dabo going the way of Mark Rick of just kind of maybe has one other kind of kind of big coaching gig and then flames out and he's just done, you know, I don't see him. I mean, if it continues the way it's continuing, I don't see him at Clemson, especially if we go to super conferences, I don't see him at Clemson another five years. I think he's gone. No way. What? Um. Yeah. Th- that's the question. Like where, where he goes. Cause those super conference thing is kind of, cause let's just say for argument's sake, he doesn't go to an ACC school. Does he go to like a, Oh God. I mean, I'm trying to think of like an SEC school that he could possibly go to. Bandy. Yeah, I mean that isn't Vandy because obviously that's the easy. I mean, I don't mean to belittle your choice, but it's just like, would he even think that's a good idea? Um, what a like if it wouldn't be wild if he wasn't terrible. Like if maybe he makes a comeback, and then Kirby does the thing that everyone hopes he does and goes to the uh, NFL. Like say Dabo makes a comeback, Kirby goes to the NFL. Would he go to Georgia? I mean, he doesn't Georgia have to take him. Just, I mean, maybe, yeah, I'm saying maybe he, you know, like if he re- revives and revives himself. I mean, who do they? But, but just a... that, he wouldn't have to change anything. He's like an hour away. But that's the thing. Like, I don't think he will. Like, I, th- I think once, you know, because the ACC is bringing on some bigger names, I believe. So. I don't see Dabo competing with those names anymore. And yeah. I mean, he doesn't pretty, do transfers. No, no, he's, he's going to, like I said, he's going to fizzle out because the yeah. losses will start piling up. He'll fizzle out. He'll get fired. He'll go to, I don't want to say a mid major. He'll probably go to a major school, but he'll, he'll lose his ass. It won't be Georgia. Cause when I say a major school, I'm talking of like, like a, like an Oregon State type, right? Like it's a major school, but it's not like a major school. Not a contender, yeah. you know. And he'll kind of fizzle out, and then he'll just be done. Like I just, yeah, he's he's, as you said, Malt. Like he's lost it. He's yeah. completely lost it. He's <laughs> yeah. very Rich Rod esque. Yeah. <laughs> or Rich Rod. Rich Rod's a very good comparison too. Yeah, except Rich Rod never won a national title. Yeah, yeah. this guy had sustained success though. For yeah, no, I mean, years. give him credit. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were right there with Bama for a lot of the Saban run. So yeah, you know, weird. but it's weird. It's uh, like I can remember several years ago being like, you know, I'd trade an organ for to have Dabo as our coach. I mean, this was you know when we had freaking McElwain, so everything. Everything's relative, but um, yeah. And then the other game, obviously, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I felt like that was pretty evenly matched game. No, yeah, I felt of like course. Notre Dame seemed very conservative on offense, um, which you know, and then they just, I mean, blew it. You know, that Al Golden's our defensive coordinator. Like I remember, I think there was like a third and nineteen or fourth and thirteen. They yeah. rushed three give up the first down and then they don't have, they only have 10 men on the field for the last two plays of the game. <laughs> it's just, so it's, so it's not just, insane. Okay. it's not, I guess, but anyway, I guess it's a reason and, for college coaches, right? Yeah. 
And oh man, Ryan Day, that guy. Ugh, just for Men Day. I mean, right? He looks, looks he's such an ass. How do why do kids play for him? I can't imagine anyone him going into anyone's living room and people and being liked. I don't know. Just me, but I don't get I, it. I, I don't disagree, but that I mean the beard's a joke. It's yeah, right? It can't be real. No. It looks glued on, first of all. Second of all, yeah. it clearly died. I'm not just he, saying this because I've got the greatest. He looks greatest he looks like uh, a pit boss at like Treasure Island on, yeah. on Ve- you know, in Vegas or whatever. You know? right. <laughs> He's not even good enough to be at like one of the good casinos. He's at where you can get on for you know a buck a hand. Anybody catch the uh, Oregon-Colorado game? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I want to talk about that game. Um, So those of you who listen know, I hate Oregon and I hate Bo Nix. So I knew they were going to win. But like a lot of the shit that, that Dan Lanning is catching, I mean, every successful team, every successful athlete, uses something for motivation whether it's real or fake yeah they have to generate that that's just coach talk that's just trying to get your guys going like don't like fucking take this personal like i saw like where Keyshawn johnson fucking Keyshawn, i can't even believe i'm bringing this up but Keyshawn johnson said that like all the college football coaches like collaborated to help dan lanning beat Deion sanders it was like what right like have you seen the players on each of those teams? Right. One is very superior to the other. It doesn't and matter who the coach is. Why would any like like these other coaches have plenty of time on their hands to help some other school that they have no connection with? Those guys are trying to win their game. They spend and when they're not doing that, they're trying to recruit. The idea that they would sacrifice their own time to help Oregon win is insane. Was and that so just I, a joke? I mean, was that just, did he just make that up or did he? Have I don't like- know. So part of it is, so like I was like a fan of what Dion was doing and I, I still am, but part of me is like, cause anytime the national media gets behind anything, it's like, I almost want to go in the opposite direction. Exactly. <laughs> Especially yep. when it's all these national sports media who don't give a shit about college football. And now all of a sudden they care about it because it's for whatever reason. Right. He was on 60 fucking minutes. Right. After he won two games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I can, un- I, I mean, he gets eyeballs, so that's why they're doing it. But yeah, I loved what I saw from landing. He seemed very Spurrier esque. Like, do you see him his response to someone asked him about Skip Bayless, and he's like, "Well, I try not to pay too much attention to him. From what I know, he seems to be wrong a lot. You know, something like that. You know, love it. What did Bayless say? <laughs> that it was running it up was like racist or something. No. Oh God, I hope not. That's so what he said. Something to that effect. I presume. I, I mean, I presumed a lot of this was like, you know, either outwardly suggesting it was racist or suggesting that everything is done against Coach Prime is racist. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, now that he's like loved so much. So, 
I have another thing on Colorado too. Um, Cormani McLean wasn't uh, weren't the Gators in the running for yeah. him? Yeah, kind of glad we didn't get him. Did you see uh, Dion's comments on him? No. So five star recruit. He's barely seen the field. I think he has one tackle on the season. And someone asked Dion, like, hey, like, how how is he not on the field? You know, he's a five-star recruit. He's this and that and everything else. And Dion's like, if you don't study, if you don't show up to meetings, oh, if you boy. don't give a shit, if you're not doing everything to be great, then you're not going to be on the field. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that the Gators dodged a bullet from getting McLean because I think he was like committed to Florida and then flipped to Miami, Miami. And then, and then flipped Colorado. Yeah. 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 Or we were, or, or maybe he was never committed, but it's like, it was us in Miami. He chose Miami and then. Yeah. He he went to Lakeland. Yeah. Yep. So big, big, uh, dodging that bullet there from, from McLean. So, yeah, but no, like I, like I said, in in past couple weeks, like Dion's doing it right. I think he's doing it right, in my opinion. You know how he hired his staff. You know he just got to get players, and maybe he'll get them. Maybe he won't. Yeah, we don't let know. me say I don't dislike him and what he's doing. I just when the like like uh, Malt Liquor said, when the media gets behind someone, no, it's like, like I start questioning whether or not I really should be behind that person. Yeah, yeah. No, when I, when Bill Simmons is buying Colorado Buffs hats and putting it on his fucking Twitter feed, I'm like, dude, you hate college football. And part of you is you. I think part of the reason they they like Dion is they feel like he's some sort of way to ruin college football. And I don't think that's what Dion sees. I just think Dion's like college football was great for me. I, obviously, it got him a stepping stone to the NFL. Um, yeah, and you know his response to the Colorado state cheap shot on, um, uh, shit. What's his name? The stud corner, uh, Travis, um, Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Yeah. yeah. And he completely squashed it. He's yeah. like, cause that kid was getting death threats and it was a dirty hit. And he's like, listen, I'm fine with it. Travis is fine with it. If we forgive him, he's a 19 year old kid. He's caught up in the heat of the moment. Y'all don't need to be reaching out with death threats over yeah. a football game and handled it, handled it well. So, you know, I mean, it's part of me is like, but I, I think I'm eventually going to turn on them just because, and not really them, but when you have all these clowns in the media, that are just like sort of trying to like jump on that bandwagon for what I think are reasons that aren't, that have some undertones to them. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like you know, the media coverage is, is way too much, but it's, you know, it's like this whole, like when I go onto whatever sports website I go onto and fucking Taylor Swift is the lead. Oh, I know. Like, what are we doing right now? You know, yeah. like I'm not saying Dion shouldn't have been the lead for, you know, his win against TCU, but when you play Colorado state and you barely beat Colorado state, that kind of says something about your program that it's not there yet. You probably don't deserve the accolades yet. Right. Let's, let's keep it building and building and building and let's see where it goes. <clears throat> let's not just jump on everything. And I get it. Dion is eyeballs and all that stuff. But I mean, like look at it in the context of what college football is, you know, and that's, 
you know, I'm the same way with you guys. Like, nothing against Dion. Just this whole fucking media thing is out of control. You know. Yep. When was the last time Colorado was good? Rashawn Salam. Mm-hmm. Eric yeah. Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, was it ninety-seven? Right? Ninety-five. They. Um, ninety-five was with uh, what's his name? Cordell. Cordell Stewart. Cordell yeah. Stewart. Yeah, they. Yeah, they were good then. They won the national title in ninety. They had that murderer yeah. wide receiver. Oh, uh, Ray Carruth. Yeah, Ray Carruth, and uh, he was the murderer. And Westbrook yeah. was Michael the guy West- that not Michael. Um... Yeah, Michael. Is it Michael Westbrook? Yeah. He caught the Hail Mary at Michigan. Yeah. There were a couple. They had actually a couple. I remember um, our former bourbon boy, Larry. He was he was very we well when we used to play the, the Bill Walsh football games, we were into those teams. They had they had like four really good wide receivers on that team, the ninety five team. Cordell, I think uh Slash, didn't he play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Producer? Yes, he did. Beautiful. Or did. There was a run where he was like the top quarterback in fantasy. I can remember back in the day. Because he, you know, he was a running threat too. Slash. I think that first game says more about maybe TCU's prep and TCU's current status. They lost everybody. They lost everybody from that team last year. So, I mean, it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyways, whatever. There's an entire season, thank God, to go. I mean, we're only in week five. As I say this now, in about a couple of weeks, I'm going to be lamenting the fact that this season flew by, regardless of how we did. Well, uh, that'll do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast, week five of the SEC football season. Thank you to our sponsor, Pandemic Sauce Company. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout for a discount. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, follow, and share this episode with your friends. Uh, any last thoughts, fellas? No. Go Gators. I'm not going to see the Gator game this week. What? Mama Gus is coming to town for Aww. Aunt Gus's 80th birthday party, and wow. it it's at Saturday at noon, and wow. football in that house. Wow. Fucking awesome. You have your phone? I have my phone. Put in an ear thing. Download yeah. WRUF and Gainesville, the app. They play the games on your phone. All right. We'll Perfect. See. Of course, that'll not happen. So for Malt Liquor, Gus, our producer, Dr. Terrific, I am Cousin Bailey saying, go Gators. Go get Trump. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.